0: Welcome to Business, Law & More, the podcast that's all about the journey, not just the destination. My name is Rina. I'm a lawyer, business owner, and managing partner of Cosbond. This podcast is for creative entrepreneurs where we discuss business insights, legal hurdles, and more to help you build a business and life that you love. Thanks for spending time with me today. Turn up the volume and let's begin. Today, we're going to be talking about buying a business for a buyer, so a buyer's perspective, what are the disadvantages for a buyer to buy the shares in their business as opposed to the assets in the business? Really interesting. Now it's time to welcome our guest, Hamad David. Hamad is a solicitor at CastBon, he's an associate lawyer, very experienced in this type of transactions and M&A transactional work and an expert in his field. Hamad, thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Irina. Happy to be here. Great. Let's start then. So, Can you talk us through some of the disadvantages that a buyer has when a buyer is buying the shares. So first we'll talk about the shares and then we'll move on to the assets. So some disadvantages. As with anything, there's advantages and disadvantages.
1: So because the buyer is taking over the company as a whole and the company continues trading, there's no stop date, there's no start date, it just continues running. The buyer will also be inheriting all of the company's liabilities that relate to the period of the seller's ownership. That also includes tax. Now, with more liability, which brings us to the second disadvantage, there is more risk and therefore a need to do more due diligence. That involves more external advisors, which usually leads to increased fees. So the costs of the share purchase are usually more for a buyer. The next disadvantage is where a buyer is coming in with a funder, The funder will usually want security, not just against the buyer's company itself, but also on the target company and its assets. So the lending can also be more extensive and the lenders usually ask for more when it's a share purchase. The next disadvantage is that there's limited flexibility on third-party contracts. The buyer takes over the company as it is. The company already has trading arrangements. The buyer can't just come in and start changing things. The buyer would have to essentially honor the company's existing contracts. The next disadvantage then is although the buyer does take over the company's bank account and that bank account would have cash, the bank account transfer process so that the buyer is the signatory is not instant. It often takes up to two, maybe you know, three weeks from completion. So there's a period after takeover where the buyer and the seller need to work together to make sure that the company can remain funded and that it can continue to honor its financial commitment. But another disadvantage is that there is a completion accounts process, which is a little bit long-winded. Once the parties complete, that doesn't mean the transaction is over. There's usually a period of two to four months after completion where the accountants sit together to decide what the final net current asset liability would be of this company. So it could be that the buyer owes the seller some more money because the buyer has to pay the seller for the cash. It could be that the seller hasn't paid tax that it owes and the buyer has to cover it for the company and that money needs to be recouped from the seller. Sometimes completion accounts take a while to agree because both accountants and the parties need to be on the same page. Sometimes when one party owes the other money, it can cause a bit of stress because the seller could have moved abroad and owe money to the buyer. So there's a lot that needs to be considered when a buyer proceeds with a share purchase.
0: So the completion accounts are almost like an apportionment exercise, exercising as opposed to apportion what the liability is of each policy at completion date. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Thank you for that. That's really interesting. And I bet the listeners Or thinking there's so many disadvantages for a buyer to buy the shares. So what are the advantages? There is a podcast specifically dealing with the advantages. So make sure you listen to that. This one is just specifically to do with disadvantages. So moving on then, Hamad. We spoke about a buyer buying the shares and the disadvantages of that. Now, what are the disadvantages or are there any of a buyer buying the assets in a company? So if a buyer
1: decides to buy the assets, then there's a separate set of issues to consider. The first of which is 2P. So 2P is the Transfer of Undertakings Protection of Employment Regulations, which essentially means that when a buyer takes over a business from a seller, the employees that are with the business must transfer over on the same for better terms. So, a buyer cannot renegotiate employment contracts, which goes without saying, but there is a second aspect of it, which is that the employees can object to the transfer. In asset purchase, the employees are required to be notified of the sale. The buyer cannot just show up on completion ready to take over. There is a consultation process required, and that can be unsettling for some employees, and some employees can choose to leave. They're not required to stay with the new owner. Another disadvantage is that buyer would have to renegotiate terms with suppliers. So sometimes buyers expect to come into a business and start trading just the same way as it used to trade. But because everything is now going to be in the buyer's name, the buyer would have to re-engage with all the suppliers. And the center may have maintained and developed goodwill with all the suppliers and so might at some point have had favorable, more favorable terms, extended credit limits, whereas a buyer coming in would have to re-establish those relationships and may not have the same favorable terms. Another aspect that comes up is the lease or the property. So with an asset purchase, because everything is transferring from the seller's name to the buyer's name. A buyer often has to apply to the landlord to get approval to have the lease transferred to the buyer's name. That can take time. Sometimes landlords can ask for an extensive rent deposit. Sometimes landlords can simply refuse to the transfer. So there's a lot to be considered there as well. Another disadvantage would be That whereas with a share purchase or a company purchase, the buyer does take over the company's bank account. In an asset purchase, the buyer has to come with its own cash. And therefore, there's no working capital left behind in the business. The buyer has to be ready to fund the business from day one. That includes paying suppliers, paying staff wages, paying rent, paying utilities. So that also has a factor to play.
0: What about, Hannah, things like regulation? Each business is very different. If you fought assets as opposed to shares, where does that leave you with regulatory issues?
1: So a lot of businesses have registrations, compliance certificates with whether it's the local council, whether it's with the information commissioner's office, whether it's with the financial conduct authority. The business would have registrations and licenses. Those remain in the name of the seller. The buyer would therefore have to re-engage with all those regulatory authorities Make sure before completion, everything is in the buyer's name. So it can be a bit tricky to line up all these different factors at play, whether it's your regulatory authorities, whether it's your landlord, whether it's your supplier arrangements, and have them all tied up together neatly for a completion date that remains a moving target.
0: And what about things like uh, supplier contracts? Because the buyer wouldn't necessarily have them. Would they have to enter into a new supplier third-party contract? Yeah,
1: so the buyer would have to enter into new third-party contracts. The contracts would have initially been in the seller's name. The seller would have established goodwill with all its suppliers. The seller could have had favorable trading terms, payment terms. The buyer then has to restart all those relationships and make sure that everything that is currently in place to keep the business going is now in place again, but this time in the buyer's name. At the start, a buyer may not get the say or favourable term as a seller, and that's just a cost of doing business it's just a cost of buying a business as an asset purchase. And it's just another moving part that has to be tied up well with the completion date.
0: So the common thread I've got from here and um, the disadvantages of a buyer buying the assets as opposed to the shares is essentially time. It looks like it's going to take a little bit longer if there's regulatory issues, lease assignments, also working capital but very helpful. I hope you found that helpful. And if you're wondering what the advantages are, then we have a separate podcast that deals with all the advantages of buying the assets. So please do listen into that. And I'd like to thank Hamad for joining us as a guest on the podcast today. Thank you, Hamad. Thanks a lot, Rita. Thanks for listening to Business Law and More, a Codbomb podcast. Before we go, if you enjoy the podcast, please follow and subscribe to the show Share the podcast or tell a friend about it. Leave us a review and stay tuned for more next week.